3: top story at ESPN.com today is a pretty incredible one and it is about the Miami Dolphin defensive lineman who lost his arm in a car accident and I know we talked about this story it wasn't too long ago it seems like it I guess it was July 4th it was Kendrick Norton Jr. and this article and interview is is this whole piece is about how his life changed forever Early, early that morning, July 4th. Now, his name is Kendrick Norton Jr. Is this the son of former Cowboy
4: Ken Norton Jr.? I gave you false information during the break, Ben, because mm-hmm. uh, on his pre draft prospect bio on the NFL website, it said that he was the grandson of Ken Norton Sr. and the son of Ken Norton Jr. And he is not. Neither. So he
3: is not. So somebody tricked up his Wikipedia. I'm Even sure the NFL can't get it right, Ben. Right. Sure, we would have heard more about this, but Norton, uh, 22-year-old former Miami Dolphin and Miami Hurricane, uh, he's a defensive tackle, and I, I just I'm blown away by the story because of the perspective he's shown since the catastrophic injury and the way he looks at things. And I'm going to prove it to you guys with some audio.
5: I don't think you can.
3: Now, this is again a piece by ESPN, and there's all uh, the audio that we've pulled here for you. Is from, you know, like a seven minute story. And there's the reporter who's brilliant in this, Cameron Wolf. There is uh, Ken Norton Jr., who, uh, is, uh, who is awesome. And then there is his wife slash fiance. I'm not sure if it's his wife or fiance. So you're going to hear multiple voices. You'll also hear some 911 calls. So I'm just going to kind of walk you through the audio and we'll examine it after we hear each one. But I highly encourage you to get over to ESPN.com and read this story and watch the video. But this first cut, we're just going to go in order here, uh, Shippy is uh, Norton Jr. just talking about life without his arm.
0: So I can still maneuver through day-to-day life pretty pretty regularly um, because I still have my dominant hand. Uh, but, you know, as far as just like, you know, I'll be going to reach for something, and I realize, you know, basically my the whole left side of my body, I don't have any access to anything because I can't grab anything.
6: These past two months have been the start of a new life for Kendrick Norton Jr., His old life, often immersed in football, is now a vivid memory.
3: Okay, so you can already tell the tone of this is he's got a good attitude about it. But Mm -hmm. let's go back to what his expectations were as he headed into the season and
6: then the horrific accident. Before being signed to the Miami Dolphins roster in December, headed into year two, Norton was ready to make his biggest NFL impact yet on the Dolphins' defensive line.
0: I was really excited about going out there and being able to play and trying to make myself a, carve out myself a role on a team and going out there and, you know, being able to make a difference in the impact.
6: I'm the county Police and Fire. What is the address of the emergency?
0: No, it's from 836
2: going on. 826, there's a car flipped over. There's a man whose arm is bleeding very severely.
6: July 4th, early in the morning, Norton was driving home with his girlfriend, Kira, when he made contact with another vehicle, spun around four times and
0: flipped. It was just like boom and then I just remember just, you know, getting, you know, we were tossing and turning and then, you know, we just Mm -hmm. landed upside down.
2: So the car was smoking. I'm like, babe, I think this car's about to blow up. We need to get out of the car. So mind you, we're on our flip side of the car. And he's like, okay, he kicks my door open.
0: I was laying on my stomach, you know, trying to, you know, maneuver through the car uh, to get to the window and I tried to do a push-up to, you know, lift myself off the ground and, um, I tried to do it, and I fell over on the side. That uh, that I was missing my arm.
2: And I crawl out of the car. He crawls out behind me, and I look and say, "Where's your freaking arm?" And he says, "Stop playing." And he looks down and say.
6: "And what's wrong with it? Is it bleeding?" It's literally missing. Like the, the half of his arm is missing. I'm letting the fire department know that he's missing an arm. Okay. Right. Try to try to apply try to apply you pressure on
1: that wound. Okay. You see, was was rollover. Yeah, rolled over. He he lost his arm. He's conscious, but he lost his arm. Right now, but he lost his arm.
2: And as he's looking, some of the um, on goers that were driving, by was like, no, sit down, relax. You don't need to worry about that because it's like literally veins. Everything's just pouring out, Ooh. gushing. It's like a horror movie.
5: That is yeah. crazy. And then so, uh, oh, and maybe he gets into this audio wise, Ben, but you know, I've I've always heard that when that sort of thing happens, the shock of it is to where you don't feel the pain. Like whatever takes over. Combination of the emotional aspect and the shock of it happening, like you can't, because you would think that that'd be insane amount of pain, right? But I think a lot of times when there's a severed limb like that, you just kind of go into shock and don't even feel it.
4: Uh, I think sometimes jokingly we've talked about my one arm Jack, but I'm now having like regret of not asking him what his, what that whole scene was like. He mm-hmm. lost his arm in a car wreck. Oh, and and I just regret now not asking him. While he was still here. Well, uh, hey, you were pretty what young, happened, weren't you? Oh, yeah. That's probably before I was alive, I would imagine. No, but, but I'm I, saying, okay,
3: yeah. I don't think you want to ask. I respect you not asking him. You don't want to go, hey, and while we're having fun at this barbecue, these hot dogs are delicious. Let's go back now and walk through your most horrific moment.
4: Hey, Uncle Jack, Kendrick Norton Jr., second year for the Dolphins. <laughs> see what happened to him? How was it for you? All right. Uh, I, and I, I think he would talk about it. He was that type of guy. It,
3: time, enough time had passed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Norton Jr. is talking about it almost immediately, right. which is incredible. Uh, let's go on to the next cut. This has to do with, okay, so they realize that his arm is missing. They rush him off in in the ambulance, but they still got to figure out, well, do we try to find his arm?
6: Norton lost half of the blood in his body before the ambulance got him to a hospital. Kira, however, stayed behind with the mission.
4: Has anyone located his arm?
6: Uh, no, I'm not sure.
2: I'm not sure. Let me ask. Okay. Has anyone found his arm? No, they haven't found it, right? Eh? I got help on the way there, okay? Kendrick left before me. So I'm like, I'm telling the people, if the you like, oh, going to ambulance with him, no, I'm not leaving his arm. So therefore, I waited until the tow truck came to lift the truck oh. so we can get the arm from underneath the truck because it was crushed underneath. Oh. So I'm like, I'm not leaving until I get the arm. Wow. So I wait 20 minutes. To go on my aunt they send me another ambulance, and then the arm goes in the ambulance with me.
6: Later that morning, Kira arrived at the hospital carrying Kendrick's left arm in this red bag, and with the hope doctors would be able to reattach it.
2: I just couldn't leave it like that in the middle of the street. No, no.
5: And it's so crazy that someone at the hospital didn't take control of the arm. I guess, I mean, I know nothing about these situations, but the idea that she's walking around with the
3: arms. So yeah, so she stayed, he went off the ambulance and she's like, they're like, we have your ambulance, you need to go. And she's like, I'm not leaving until we find that arm. Wow. And so they pull the truck, they roll the truck over and they find the crushed arm and they put it in a red bag and they show her getting wheeled into the hospital on a stretcher and she's all beat up too from the accident but there's a big red bag in her lap
5: that is crazy God.
3: um and then this next cut is now you know he was in a coma again he lost half the blood in his body
5: right he's lucky to be alive
3: uh he was in a coma and uh didn't really
0: remember much about any of that i don't even remember first waking up from a coma i haven't even heard a lot of stories about it i haven't talked about it much was it difficult to get out of that period not really, just after they said that, it just kind of hit me instantly. Like, you know, yeah, you know, they're right. You know, you're alive, that's the biggest thing because what's an arm when you have your life?
6: He spent 14 days in the hospital where he underwent six surgeries and lost 30 pounds.
0: Oh. You know, Coach Flores being there, uh, almost. I, I saw him almost every other day. He really encouraged me through the process. He's an important piece of this team. Um, and I just wanted him to, to to know that I was there for him, um, that I personally was there for him, and that this organization was there for him.
5: So and, that's and, and Flores. So this happened in July. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know exactly.
4: He when, was new. I mean, he was hired in the off season, early in the off season.
5: Right. Okay. So they'd probably been through Once you know February, OTAs or March. those kinds of things. Yeah. But I mean that. You you want your organization to respond the right way around something like that. But I, I I do have a different higher level of respect for Flores for being there so early in his tenure.
3: So yeah, yeah, exactly. Going there every other day. Absolutely. It's like they had
5: some long bond they'd built together.
3: Yeah, that's pretty amazing leadership right there from yeah. day one. And you know um, he's not going
4: to play for you at that point. Yeah, like, right. You know that.
3: And so uh, this is amazing. Just the 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 way that he looks at this, uh Norton and and the way his girlfriend, I think they may be engaged now. It's it's just such amazing perspective. By the way, uh the Miami Dolphins defensive tackle that was uh had tweeted Travis Frederick or whatever that was, hey, what does this make me if they're mm-hmm. the best offensive line? Uh Devon Godchow, he said I dedicate my season to Kendrick it's a guy who can't who can't be out there he has one arm it's sad um but you can do something about it by going out there and playing each and every snap for him we got him 100% we're brothers so that's that's really cool uh and then finally one more one more piece of audio here from the ESPN story again if you're just tuning in uh this is uh, former NFL defensive lineman Kendrick Norton Jr who was involved in a terrible car accident on July 4th which caused him to lose his left arm and end his football career. Um, this is the final piece of audio and listen to how quickly he was back in the gym working out.
6: Two and a half weeks after the accident, he was already back in the gym.
2: Good, same thing
6: At home, he and Kira found an outlet to normalize their new life.
2: Follow back up with you guys. Like and
0: share, subscribe. You cut me off?
6: Their own YouTube show.
2: We're gonna say one and a half. And we don't call that half, we call the mini arm Little Ken. So if you guys hear me say Little Ken and Big Ken, Big Ken is him and Little Ken is his (laughs) arms.
6: Little Ken is a fun name. How did that (laughs) come about?
2: Instead of saying nub, I don't like that. So we're like, we're gonna name this (laughs) Little Ken.
6: How has he embraced that as? Have you seen him have fun with look?
2: Yeah, oh my god, yeah. He's around the house dancing, him and little Ken. It's just fun. So as long as it keeps a smile on both of our faces, he's like down for whatever.
0: I never asked, you know, why why it was happening to me because you know, it could have been worse. So I never would have asked why me it was just in the plans for me and I'll take it and roll with it every day.
5: Wow. I, think, I think I want to hang out with them.
0: Yes, I, I think too.
5: I would enjoy hanging out she with these I, folks.
4: I didn't want to call it a nub. <laughs> uh,
5: nub's always been a funny think word. Think about me. that. She is all beat up and she is waiting to for that arm when right. she needs medical attention. And they're having fun. I, mean, I don't know, man. They just
3: seem like really amazing folks. I can't imagine having that type of perspective. Your whole uh, NFL career is ruined here at the last second, and you're like, "Hey, man, that's cool. Let me start a YouTube show, mm-hmm. uh, Lil Ken."
4: He's like, I get to keep my brain though.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they've turned a negative into a positive, and we need to get them on our show, right? Absolutely. Yes. I oh, think, that's a great I idea. I think that's
4: possible. Love I will. It. I will search into this and uh, AutoFlex Leasing, Fantex, eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. That was Kendrick Norton, the former DT of the Dolphins, not the son of Cal Naughton Jr. of Talladega Knights. Yes, fair <laughs> question. Kind of weighed in there. It's
5: always weird when you're the child of a character in a movie. Yes, kind of, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's complicated.
3: Yeah, uh, Shippy, thank you very much for pulling that out. What did you think as you were watching it? And, and I mean, it it kind of catches you off guard, right?
5: Yeah, it caught me really off guard. I wasn't really expecting that. I just like hearing that whole story and his perspective, his his ability to like take his take his mind and just kind of accept what happened and look at the positive, how much worse it could have been. I have a lot of respect for that.
3: So he was asked, "Do you have any regrets?" And he said, "No, I don't live life with regrets. It's a hard life to live like that." Any choice I've made since I was a child, I made it. I deal with the consequences from the choice, good or bad.
5: Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing stuff, man. You should probably go watch that on ESPN.com as well. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, when legends get streets named after them, a big vote is going down today. And will this be the most stolen sports item in all of the Metroplex? We'll get into all that next on 105.3 The Fan.
0: Call from mom. Answer it
5: Thank you, Shippy. We'll get into Dirk and Nolan here in a few moments, but this uh, story came up on my timeline, and I was unaware of it. Maybe you guys had seen this. Have you guys seen the controversy about who took John Cryer's virginity? You know who John Cryer is?
3: Joey you know John Cryer, the old movie.
5: He's the guy with Ashton Kutcher and Two and a Half Men. Yes, and then he was Ducky and uh, Pretty in Pink. Oh yeah, that was his,
3: so. That was his real name, John yeah, Cryer. J- yeah, John
5: Cryer is his real name. Have you yeah. guys seen this controversy? This? No, no. All right, controversy. So he uh, he had put out a memoir, and he talked about his relationship with Demi Moore, who he had made a movie with in the late eighties. She was twenty one, he was nineteen, and then later. Of course, Ashton Kutcher replaced Charlie Sheen on that Two and a Half Men or whatever that show's called. So anyways, Demi Moore just came out with her own memoir in which she said she was sorry for taking John Cryer's virginity from him. What? Which I was sitting here going, you're
3: apologizing? Listen, the Texas Lottery Commission has apologized to me for letting me win the lottery. (laughs) The virgin Uh, lottery. I accept your apology. Why, Why would you apologize for that? You've made his life.
5: Well, listen to this. John Cryer just tweeted this out in the last day. Well, the good thing about this is she doesn't have to feel bad about it anymore because while I'm sure she was totally justified making that assumption based on my skill level and the stunned look on my face at the time, I had actually lost my virginity in high school. So isn't it better for him to just say, nah, she she did it. She's yeah, the one. That's of course, because otherwise he wouldn't even be talking about it in the first place, right? Yeah.
3: Now she, she was fantastic then, and later her fastball still clocked in at ninety-seven miles per hour with movement mm-hmm. into her early forties.
5: Oh yeah. I
0: don't um, know
3: how old is she now. She's still fantastic. She's I gotta
5: be. Uh, she's fifty-six now, Ben.
3: I'd still say it's going to be about ninety-one. She's creeping into a category. Let me take a look on the internet. Go
5: ahead. Um. But anyways, so she said, uh, she was talking about that time period. She says, it pains me to think of how callous I was with his feelings, that I stole what could have been such an important and beautiful moment from him. She she S- still looks really good. And she's thinking of it like he's a lady? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that she's viewing it the same way he is.
3: Yeah. I think she needs to, she's already said too much. Say less. you, now, you did. You did great. He did think at that time
5: period that he was in a relationship with her, and he was stunned when he went to her house, and the housekeeper said, no, Denny's out with her boyfriend. So it broke his John Cryer heart and justified his last name. <laughs> but uh, just thought that was a that, little fascinating aside.
3: That is. That's way better than my story, which here's my story. How I Okay, no. Still I'm waiting safe. for my story to unfold.
5: Yeah. Oh, no. um, okay, so today <laughs> the city council is voting on whether or not Olive Street will officially become Nowitzki Way. And I had thought that this had already been decided several times months ago. I didn't even know that this was still a thing. I thought it was just done. In fact, you might have told me that it already said Nowitzki way down there, and I would have believed you. So they're going to vote on it today. It is inevitable. And it brings up a couple of different questions. One, how many streets in the DFW are you guys aware of being named after athletes? There's Nowitzki way, which will be inevitable. And then there's Nolan. Is it Nolan Ryan Way or Nolan yeah. Ryan? Nolan way? Ryan Express, right? What is it? it's, Nolan it's, Ryan way. I think
3: it's Nolan Ryan's Way or the Highway. I <laughs> mean, it's like you're
5: gonna do it. <laughs> no, Tom, and Tom I, Landry Highway. That's and that's not far from Nolan Ryan Way. Because mm-hmm. right. isn't thirty Tom, La- Tom yeah. Landry. Okay, so we got those three, and then um, I think there's like a. Oh, it's Nolan Ryan Expressway. Yeah. Okay. Good job, KT. Okay. And then I think there's a, like a Tony Dorsett roundabout somewhere in Grapevine. Really? I don't know. I, there, that by the ra- I wouldn't be surprised over there by
4: the Valley Ranch, where it used to be, that there were some streets named after players.
5: Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you live over there in that Coppell area, and you've seen those streets in Valley Ranch, do any of them? Yeah. Or is, do we have like a Tech Shram circle?
4: 877-881-1053 on the Autoflex leasing fan text.
5: Yeah, if, if they're in your hood, if there's a great sports name. But... That uh, So that's a bold thing. Like, that's the sports memorabilia someone would be inspired to steal is a sign that says Nowitzki Way. What about the Bush? Matt Bush. uh, Well, former sports owner. It's George Bush. George Bush. He owned the Rangers.
3: Now, I would say also if if I lived on Nowitzki Street, I would not only would I want to steal that sign, I would want to live on that street. Mm -hmm. Like, I would spend whatever it would take to move there.
5: I'm just going to be homeless on that street (laughs) in a dirt jersey. Do you guys think it would be disrespectful to the goat to steal that sign? Or do no. you think he's like oh, obviously you had to take the
3: sign? It's <laughs> a tribute. Uh, I think they. I think they're idiots if they don't make ten thousand signs. <laughs> right. Uh, there's Dale Earnhardt Way by the racetrack. Oh yeah, die
5: I do remember yes. all that. Um, Okay, so but that's also right out there. That's pretty well lit down there where the Novitski Way street signs are going to be.
3: There's also Gino Petrali Boulevard out there by Globe Life Park, I believe. That's a good one. I think
5: that's there yet. They named a delivery dock after him. Um, (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) this this brings up the other question. As we're sitting here getting ready to say goodbye to uh, Globe Life, I have not seen any Nolan talk out there. Now Nolan never actually pitched in that ballpark, mm-hmm. but he was a big executive front office guy for teams that went to back to back World Series. And he's got a statue. He's got a statue there. No no doubt. There's a statue. Doesn't he at least have to come through and claim his statue?
3: Man, let me have my statue before you shut it down.
5: Are they gonna leave that statue at that XFL field? No way. Or I do they move the statue? They do move the statue.
3: I, I think they're imagine. gonna move it to Houston.
5: I mean, like, uh, think about
4: it. If, if they build a statue for Dirk at the AAC and the Mavs built a new stadium, right. they would move that Dirk statue. Yeah, but yeah, that's Dirk. Good. No, I mean, I How agree. Do do I think more highly of Dirk saying? than Nolan anyway. I, I agree, but, like, you take the statue with you.
3: If anything, look, when Nolan pitched here, he was at the tail end of his career, mm-hmm. obviously, and he wasn't here for a super long time, and it was so incredibly impressive what he did here. If They should have made a statue of him whipping uh robin ventura's arse God, that'd yeah. be so great that hog tying him punching him in the face that was awesome
4: and they made a little statue or they're making a little statue of neftali Feliz jumping into oh Benjumalia yeah it's, it's there it's yeah there. it's already there
3: uh
5: That's so i mean awesome. that
4: was in the, in the plans and then so. there's going
5: to be rugi punching bautista right aren't they doing that there statue? has to be it depends on how his contract plays out and there'll be beltray <laughs> moving the on-deck circle that might depend oh. on the off season. <laughs> that, would <be> great. <laughs> that would be great. That should actually be a statue on the field yeah. near the on-deck circle. I agree. <laughs> it really should be. That would be agree. so great. And then you could have a statue out at second of Rookie Punch and Bautista, right? <laughs> be a fun part of the game <laughs> yeah. to dodge
3: the statues
5: as yeah. you play.
4: The Beltre statue uh, le- legitimately would be the one knee, a one-knee home run. Uh, who,
3: who are the people least deserving of a street named after? I would say Rondo, Lance Berkman.
5: Yeah, Phil Posderick. Lake Dad Way,
3: yeah. Uh, oh, that would be
5: great to have a Lake Dad Way over by
3: Texoma. Yeah, uh, I mean, who else is like that? It's so just Lamar Odom for sure. Yeah, now we're talking
4: about guys who have not been here for very long and were major disappointments, right? Yeah, Greg Greg, Greg Hardy. Hardy statue, <laughs> yeah. statue yeah. of him um, yelling
5: or being defiant to Garrett. <laughs> He's just
3: flipping off. Of- <laughs> Garrett's like, "Why did you have to put me in the statue? <laughs> I'm just standing there, and the guy's yelling at me."
5: Four a times statu- my size. A statue of Garrett's <laughs> head hanging down, and staring at the <laughs> ground. <and> he's <Hardy's laughs> flipping him off.
4: Will Garrett have a statue one day? No. Nah. What did you just ask with your mouth? So I read an article in <laughs> the Dallas Morning News. Can
5: they make orange statues?
4: I read an article in the Dallas Morning News, and it was about Garrett. And if he keeps winning, he's going to keep marching up that that all-time coaches wins list. And he's already pretty high on it. It's
5: going to make you make, talking about you talking about in in NFL history. Yeah.
4: How close is he?
5: I mean, he was well, he in the top.
4: percentage, he's 50th. Okay. But is he? But he's continued because he's been
5: around a long time now. Yeah. he's We got a decade of this. <laughs> he's never finished lower than eight and eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no! Obviously, yeah. there was yeah. the year that they picked Zeke. He had my the bad, three
3: and thirteen or four and twelve
5: yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun. My bad,
4: that was not fun. <laughs> You're right, it was not fun at all. Well,
3: okay. So in terms of guys that uh, could get streets named after them moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, after Dirk gets this incredible honor, I mean, Michael Young. I'd be okay with my. I'd be okay with that. I mean, the Rangers are embracing their history, their heritage, right? Right. Where would you? But it would have to be near the new ballpark. Yeah. Right? But the, so yeah. is Dirk, right? In Dirk Nowitzki yeah.
5: way, right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's what what is currently called Olive Street. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Johnson should probably have one. There's Jimmy Johns all over the city. Jimmy
3: Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy John. Oh, okay. They make a great sandwich.
4: I, I'm just saying, this is More a guy, guy. When I was in Green Bay last week uh, or two weeks ago, whenever it was. And all the streets around the stadium are all named. There's like Brett Farve Way, mm. Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy got a street name, and then he got. I mean, they quit on him. And, <laughs> they quit on him and fired him, mm-hmm. but he got a street name. So it doesn't take much to get one up there. So around here, I don't know. Maybe it takes a lot more to get one here. Bart Starr had Ooh. a
5: whole like internet named after him, where they show a bunch of fights out in the street and stuff.
3: <laughs> who is
5: Bart
2: number?
3: Star. Who is number two to Dirk in the history of the Mavs? I mean, obviously it's, there's no one close. It's either Harper or Roe. Yeah, you know, probably is, it, is Cuban. Maybe in it's the mix? Cuban. <laughs>
4: yeah, it should be Donnie. Personally, it, should be Donnie. it should be Donnie. Hell, yes, it should be Donnie. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's probably who it is. The
5: great Donnie for, Carter.
4: For the, who's second for the Cowboys?
5: Troy. Who's one for the Cowboys?
3: Troy had the best. Jerry's one for the Cowboys. Oh, are you talking about statue worthy? Yeah, well, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah, sta- okay. A statue worthy. Wor- oh, street name worthy. Okay. Uh. Well, it'd be Troy, Roger, Troy, Roger, uh, Romo. Romo? Yes, Romo! What <laughs> no. the hell? Yes! Why are, you guys, why are you guys hating on my guy? I mean, I'm not hating on Romo. He's, he was on. a great quarterback well, like, here. but g- Give him a cul-de-sac or something. Just give him like give him that roundabout over there by <laughs> the Omni. <laughs> He's
5: about to make $10 million
3: working for CBS. He's
5: yeah, fine. Come on, guys. CBS will put a statue of him out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the N- Romo roundabout does roll off the tongue Thank good. you,
4: Romo roundabout. Yeah. N- Nance has a Romo statue in his booth when Romo signs with another network. Whenever, <laughs>
5: whenever you're driving around that roundabout, you're like spinning out of JJ Watts almost <laughs> yeah. predicting where you're going in that roundabout. Uh, Witten will have a street name one day for sure. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Whitten will have a church named after him. Uh, Emmett, uh,
3: the playmaker. Emmett. I mean, is, is the <laughs> girl have a strip yes. club named after him?
5: <laughs> over
3: here's the, the playmaker uh, stripper pole that we had installed over here at the concrete cowboy. And we picked did it out, and he did. Have you guys ever
4: stolen a street sign?
3: Hey! 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 Don't answer that. What are you, a cop? Can you get in trouble? Hold on a second. Are Are you you recording?
4: You recording this? I couldn't prove it.
3: You have to tell us if you're a cop or not. No, I'm not a cop. Okay, okay, okay that, by the way, that, isn't now that
5: the biggest talk. lie of your
3: late yeah, teens? Yeah.
5: Oh, a cop's got to tell you if he's a cop or not. <laughs>
3: I
1: still believe it.
3: Before I, I, I snort this, I need to know, is anyone
5: here a cop? <laughs> <laughs> you snort it first, copper. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, do you still put turds in U.S. post office mailboxes?
3: Skin. Whoa. I never did that, sir. That is a false claim by you pretty good bit that is a good bit not a good bit (laughs) to just pin terrible claims on people (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh you used to be on our coach's front doorstep we're gonna have cuban on the show at some point soon and we may (laughs) even go just do the interview thing the video interview with him and and do it like that and bring the audio to the party but I, i would sincerely like to know who has to replace that sign when it's stolen in the and city, is it right? And is it a, is it like a federal offense to steal a street sign? I think I yeah, bet ba-
5: I doubt it's, it's a federal go. offense. Okay. I mean I because we... those are those are generally like uh m- municipality things, right? I think I don't think it'd be federal. Does I could it, be wrong on that. Do they have cameras?
4: Do I need to dress up when I go or how does this work? Yeah, it'll yeah. no, that, be monitored heavily All right, because aware. that will people will absolutely try to steal the dirt street. Uh, By the way, our sign.
5: friend Bob Beto is on ESPN
3: right now.
4: Uh, reading up on stealing a Street signs. Let's say uh, I get the Texas, the Texas thing. Okay, hold on here, guys. It's, it's interesting that up. you're
3: dribbling the ball while you're doing this. <laughs>
5: yeah, Please send in misinformation on this to the AutoFlex Leasing Fantex at 877-881-1053. says you
4: could face jail time. Worth
5: it. Oh.
3: That's all I can tell you. That sounds definitive. Wait, worth it? What? <laughs> <laughs> mic on. <laughs> it's why it, So it's not worth it to steal a street sign that has Dirk's name on it to go to jail. Y'all know
4: how the signs uh, used to have, like okay, so it's like a a big. Well, I guess they are. Yeah, they're a. Big, sometimes now they just hang over something, right, over a big oh, yeah, street. Yeah, but like out in the country, they'd have a big pole, and then they would have a you know the, the green street sign. And I remember going out one time. God, this was amazing, and it was like a much. Much older man, which is real weird. and A couple of our friends. It sounds like a Morrissey song. And he got a rope. He got a rope around the pole.
3: And he got, hold, on, he hold on, hold on, hold on. You and your you and your kid friends got into an old man's van, and he had a rope. No, I was in high school. All right.
4: Um, but he started <laughs> pulling it, and he uh he basically he bent it. He couldn't he couldn't get it up out of the ground. He didn't have the ability to. He uh-huh. have the tools to do it. So then. Weeks later with another uh that's another guy. This guy was like a janitor at the place uh my mom worked at, James, who's just the sweetest man. Um, and I was going to do some work with him mowing yards and stuff. So we're going out in the country and the pole was be- the street was bent over. <laughs> the street sign was bent over and still kind of in the middle of the road, <laughs> the man, middle of nowhere. You were just and like the these kid. damn kids out here <laughs> trying to steal these street signs. I was like,
3: Yep, had something to do with that, James. <laughs> <laughs> so one story you were rolling with an old man, the other one you were just kicking it with a janitor. Everyone
5: you were knows like the,
4: everyone, and all there ain't that many people. You can't really pick and choose demographics. You were the
3: kid in Sling Blade.
4: <laughs> yeah, I totally
5: was. <laughs> and the janitor was a special needs guy.
4: <laughs> I was also getting standing ovations at all the award shows. Yeah, that's our KT. watch those that one. They had
3: you hitting in the three hole in the batting in the uh, batting order, right? Uh, sometimes I was the four. Sometimes. Yeah, there you
4: go. Three, four, five, right, yeah. right around there, hot yeah. corner. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the thing. I, we used to, you know, really be dominant in baseball. I remember we 10-run rolled a team. So All I right, coming paid. up next, um, <laughs> I got beaned on the elbow with an off-speed pitch. <laughs> walk-off beaning. You never see that.
5: Some of the – Never uh, see a walk-off
4: beaning. <laughs> I had one of those, too.
5: Some of the unusual things coaches will do to build <laughs> locker room culture. <laughs> That's next. Plus, more stories from Kevin right here on the fan. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tizzle. Been in Skin Show 1053. The fan. We've got, uh, you remember the audio yesterday of uh, Dak? You know, he was in the huddle and he called a play. And then he mentioned that he was really into those spicy chicken nuggets from Wendy's and wanted to hit one up on the way home. Hmm. That wasn't the only Spicy trip. nuggets are back. I might have to stop on the way home. Yeah, that was right after, you know, uh, calling out the play and then the huddle broke. And so uh, there's more audio of that. That wasn't the only one that he did. And we've got some of that audio coming up at noon. You're going to want to hear that. I think probably somewhere over there in Arlington, uh, Chris Woodward is going to want to hear this segment we're doing right now because it's about how coaches and managers and folks like that establish uh, culture through some unorthodox means.
4: Yeah, and after learning a little more, after following and covering teams, you learn, okay, these teams have pretty monotonous days. These players that work these days, it's not just go out and practice and work out and go to the gym, you know, (laughs) and go lift weights. They have these long meetings. They have these long tape sessions. It's a, it can be a long week when you're preparing in the NFL.
5: It's never been worse to be a pampered athlete.
4: Yeah, for sure. I guess what I'm saying, but you know, whatever, I guess kind of what I'm getting at though, is I'm fascinated when teams mix it up. I was fascinated by what he's hired. Just the culture changes fascinated by all these stories we've heard over the years. Well there's a story in the Athletic and it's about Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers, and him coming in and kind of shaking things up. And right now they're they're jiving. They're 3 and 0. The defense is uh, kind of all hanging out together, and they're talking about culture
5: being a fix. Can I, can and I, I, people-
4: I'm a big believer that last year, and Rodgers did try to get McCarthy fired.
5: Okay, and <laughs> and, uh, and I remember all those stories, but let me ask, What was, wasn't was LaFleur just kind of like a shoot from the hip? Yeah, let's just, like, what was his story? How did he arrive at the Packers? He's in the McVay uh,
4: tree of trust. Okay. So he was okay. the OC for the Titans last year. Gotcha, okay. Uh, but he was a quarterback coach, I believe, with the Rams. Okay. Two years ago. Yep. So, one thing that he did, and if you remember, there were stories that came out last year after McCarthy was fired about during meetings, uh, he got caught a couple times getting a massage. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Because the player like, what? Why is this guy getting a massage right now? Yeah. And that he would, so it, it got real weird. There's some McCarthy nugget in here that's good that I think it would make you think about Garrett and how he would handle this. I'm going to start in the story. They talk, one thing they did in the meeting room, the big group meeting room, he painted the walls a very bright white. Okay. And they took down like floor did? Yeah. Okay. So they went and painted the walls a very bright white, so everyone's staying awake and things like that. And they took down all the posters of like Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr, whatever, and put up here's a poster of Zadarius Smith and here's a poster of Devontae Adams and like here's hey guys it's you it's not these guys from from years past
3: i like the psychology of that not say here's a bunch of guys in black and white pictures that were captured in the zapruder film yeah you know it's like okay um and also the idea of painting the room that has an impact on me colors matter to me um i went i one of the first classes i went to at texas tech I think my dad went down there with me when we signed up for my classes, and I think it was like a six a.m. class. It was the worst. I probably made it three times I was ever. So you went to a lot of those, and but it was the whole. All the chairs in the room were green. The walls were kind of a dark lime green. The chalkboards were green the professor wore green oh man and it was so dreary and depressing i couldn't even pay attention <laughs> because it was just so dark in there i was like man i how can i learn how can i be expected to learn in such a green place it's not fair yeah and so i i could totally understand that I, and i think casinos do uh, care about this as sure. well because you know they want you to be vibrant and awake and having a great time and happy in there so you'll stay in there even longer Stuff like that matters, and I think for culture and organizations with the diminishing attention spans of everyone, it's very important to key in on things like this that might just help you just a little bit to keep people focused.
4: The the, the worst parts of your job, should, if you can find a way to spice those parts up, mm-hmm. because some parts are going to be what they are, and, and you might enjoy that more, but some of the the more things that you've done all the time, the the monotonous part of the days, how can you spice that part up? So he talked about, or in the article it talks about, it. so he was also, Dan Quinn, if you remember, the head coach mm-hmm. of the Falcons, who's probably going to get fired soon, was the D.C. in Seattle for a while under Pete Carroll. And we've heard stories of Pete Carroll bringing out the basketball goal or the Nerf hoop. Well, they installed right inside the meeting room a actual-sized basketball goal, like a, a real nice one. And like the players were like, whoa, this is wild. Like, this is, This is legit. And they had the big, you know, hey, free throw contest mm-hmm. before the year, which is interesting because said Aaron Rodgers lost in the first round.
5: I was oh, pissed man. about it. Um, Banny but, said he got that from Pete Carroll, right? When the Rangers were doing yeah, it his yes. spring training.
4: And that's where I thought it was. He's kind of ripping off the basketball thing. And I've decided that the thing that I think everyone's doing to break up meetings now is the basketball hoop. I think free that's throws. the number one go to. Yeah. Um, play some horse. Now, they also said, and he he admitted, I stole this from Dan Quinn, but I was like, well, Dan Quinn stole this from Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. right? And Pete Carroll probably took it from somewhere else. It's the idea of let's have competition at all times. Now, they also had um, they had a spelling bee, which is kind of fun if you get two people up in front and make them, you know, and everyone's kind of hazing you. Or,
3: yeah, we've you done know? that on the show to it's, build chemistry and to clown whoever loses. That's why we did it. It was not to fill a segment. It was
4: to build chemistry. Yeah, exactly. in <laughs> the show. He also talked about a time, though, in this article, going back to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn brought in, in Atlanta, in one of his first years, they flew in one of the world's best ping pong players. Gets the ping pong player and goes, Julio Jones, up to the front. (laughs) World-class ping pong player is just whooping Julio (laughs) Jones in front of everybody. (laughs) If I'm Julio, I'm going, dude, not cool.
5: (laughs) How about some heads up so I can practice? Hey, I don't have
4: to sign here. (laughs) I'm good. I can go somewhere else. But I thought that was a, a an interesting nugget. So my question to you guys is, how do you break up a meeting? What are some fun and creative ways to break up what would be a, a general workplace meeting? I don't I, really consider our workplace a normal workplace.
5: I make sure if we're going to have a big meeting that two of the people on staff go get hammered before the meeting. Because <laughs> that'll add a liveliness to it that none right. of us could predict. Right. That's failed in the past.
3: <laughs> so yeah. our our the, Our business doesn't really apply. It really it's does. Not, it's not the same now, at least for us on the on air side, on the sales side, and the and yeah, yeah, for sure, that's a more corporate vibe and corporate things that they do. But yeah, for most people out there, you have to go through so many mundane, just boring meetings. Uh, I'm sure they would love to spice those things up. But I, I dude, we're so far removed from that. I don't it, even remember how people did that to the meetings I used to go to. So
5: some things, other things I've heard about within the sports world, um, I have heard about. Popovich will make will quiz guys on world events, and just the idea, and he'll also uh, make them learn about the culture of their teammates because you know in the NBA have guys from all over, so that they're more invested in one another because they know each other's backstory. It's kind of like Ben's uh, Olympics theory. You know, Ben doesn't care about the Olympics until he sees the feature pieces, and then you hear the backstory, and then you're invested in people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uh, Brett Brown with the Sixers took it who you know coached under Popovich. Took it to another extreme where once a week, somebody from the team had to present a topic that pre- that related to them. And sometimes, depending on how good the topic was, the meetings are over and guys are in the parking lot discussing the topic mm-hmm. with one another. But it gets you to invest in your teammates in ways other than on, just on the field. Because when you know the people that you're going to battle with and you know their story, you become more invested in them. And it creates an opportunity for yeah. people to bond together.
3: That's how uh, Romo became buddies with uh, Nance. Nance oh, the dinner meeting, yeah. Nance has these uh, these famous dinners where he'll have people from all different walks of life that interesting people that may not know each other. They come to these dinners. It's a massive dinner party, and you're not just eating. It's almost like they have okay. Uh, this is just for lack of a better suggestion, but it's like okay, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world who's still alive, who would it be and why? and you can't choose anybody that anybody else has picked. And so you go around the table, and they'll be eating. They'll say, okay, we'll come back to you in a little bit. You can think about it. Here's so-and-so. And then over the course of the meal, they get through a couple of different topics, and you get to have these conversations and get to know each other. And that's how Romo and Nance developed this uh, bromance, mm-hmm. and that led to, God, he's probably going to get north of $10 million sure. per year now here pretty soon.
4: Now, I do there was a real fun part in this article that I wanted to tell you guys about, cause I think you're going to like it. So, we know that things had soured with Rodgers and McCarthy, but I want you to listen to this. So, apparently, there's a gym inside Lambeau Field, and McCarthy, a couple years ago, he went and he raised all the hoops up to 20 feet because he wanted to stop improv pickup basketball games from happening. God, what a ah. douche. Now, he I guess, probably didn't want guys to get hurt. So, I mean, uh, to be fair to McCarthy, it might not have been him. It could have been, they don't really have an owner, but it could have been a GM or the president of the team saying, hey. They don't need to play. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, why have the gym there in the first place if it's a problem? Mm -hmm. So I kind of think it was McCarthy. He raised him up to about 20 feet off the ground. Okay. Well, Rodgers would go in there and he'd bring some teammates and he was like, oh, fine. You guys want to play horse? And they were having these games of extreme horse (laughs) with with these goals that are way up in the sky. And they were getting crazy and they were bouncing them off other goals and stuff. And they just had them raised up in the air. And it was seen, you know, in house as kind of like Defiance. Oh, okay. Well screw you, dude. You're gonna mess with our goals? We're all getting together after practice and going to play extreme horse. That's That's awesome, man.
3: Pretty great. You got nothing else to do if you're in Green Bay and you're like, Hey, we're done with our work day. Let's go play horse for a few hours. The only Mm -hmm. things
4: to do there are go eat and get hammered. Like there's just
3: there's not anything to do there. I can't imagine us at the end of a show going, "Hey man, let's stick around for a few hours and play horse." <laughs> <laughs> man, I'll, so if you go to any uh,
5: high school gym, just walk in and just look up at the ceiling, mm-hmm. and you'll see all these different, all these different mounts and all these different things you probably never pay attention to. And Ben and I had a coach in high school that spent so much time in the gym. He had a spot on the floor, seventy feet away from the basket, and he would take the ball and he would throw it up in the air underhand. It would go about 50 feet in the air, and if it went through a specific metal bracket perfectly, it would go all the way down and swish on the goal the other the Who is
3: other this? End.
5: Steve Young, Coach oh, Young. Okay, oh, the, the great, great Coach Young. The great nope, Coach No, different one. And he was also a baseball coach. Everybody loved him. Lefty. He, he was an amazing guy. He actually was a lefty. But he would – so he had spent so much time in the gym just farting around because he's a coach – he had found the perfect yeah. spot on the floor where he could <laughs> make a 70-foot underhand scoop shot that goes all the way up into the rafters through a, a steel square perfectly through there and swish on the other end. I bet i seen him make that shot t- 10 to 12 times.
3: God, that's awesome. It's just incredible.
5: But I, if you spend enough time around the gym, you go crazy. So you start <laughs> trying crazy things. All
4: right. So that's that's. A, are you saying that coaches have a lot of free time on their yes. hands? Yes, I am. I'm totally that, saying that. <laughs> okay. Because I think that's a... Uh, guys... I'm just really excited
3: about what's next. Okay, he ran out of juice. No, okay, there, there it is. There's the very power end. Hour. That's the end of the segment. The Power Hour is beginning what's next. next? <laughs> yep, the Power Hour <laughs> next. Mickey Spagnola, we've got secret Dak Prescott audio. You don't want to miss. That's coming up next. Chris Woodward, should you fear the Saints? Without Breeze, Teddy Bridgewater, in a speech he gave after the game the other night, lots to get to the Power Hour. You don't want to miss it. And by all means, if you can't listen on a radio, feel free to stream that's coming up next on the men and skin show 105.3 the fan okay picture this
5: it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer
1: it
6: i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better